Hi everyone and welcome to season two of Black Woman's Hour. In a way, we took the summer holidays off being mothers and then we took September off being mothers because it was too stressful doing both, <laughs> having the kids going back to school. But we are back, back in time for Black History Month. So yeah. uh, that is October, Black History Month. Please, if you want us to come along and speak about anything, offer us money. Yeah. How's everyone been, Aisha? How's it going with the swimming? Are you still yeah. doing your bright yes. swimming? Is it not controlled? Uh, no, I was in last week. I haven't had as much time because I've been working, but I did manage to get in last week and I'm going to try and get in this week. It's good. It's been nice because it's still sunny and the sea is supposedly warm, although last week I was cold. Cold, cold. Mm. Yeah, it's been good. Been good. Good, good, good. And we have our most featured guest back, Elaine Adupoku. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. I see you're almost like winding yourself up with your top Coca-Cola because we are now in post-Brexit times, people. Elaine is a Coke addict. Not that kind. Don't <laughs> I know. It's really hard. I have tweeted these people. They need to send, they need to send me some Coca-Cola. It's like getting... Thingy. So because obviously it's post-Brexit land, I will repeat, it's not that I can't get Coca-Cola in this country. It's only because of the fact I'm trying to protect the borders. I need GB Coke made in Uxbridge. For those who don't know about it, it's got GB on the side. I can get all the other stuff. It tastes different. Anyway, I'm good. I'm good. I didn't know that. There's a difference between the Cokes. Of course there is. They taste different. And they taste from the glass bottle to the can to the other. Anyway, we're not here. But if you want to sponsor us, it's all right. You'll never see yeah, me with any other. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to write to them. They should sponsor us. At least do something for, you know, black people during our month of need. Um, black month. Yeah. Black, the black people. You should. You never know what you can get. Honestly, I was in a white area when I was pregnant with Mimi. And I went online, so there was like literally no hot sauce, but tab Tabasco. And Kona saw it, and Kona sent me a massive box of hot sauces. See, I need oh, look to look at ticked because maybe Coke would send me like a Coke fountain to my house. I'll ask them tomorrow. Thank you. Louise, how are you doing? I'm okay, I'm okay. Uh, busy, it's a bit crazy now. Now we we start back um back at uni but all good I've got my two nephews staying with me and yeah it's fun it's really nice having them here I don't know if Louise is frozen for our viewers but you know I mean, again <laughs> right but, um so oh you've got your two nephews how does freshers week um affect lecturers do you not guys just sit back what do you have to witness this yeah I mean, so what, what we did last week was we had um, a kind of induction. So we took the students round the campus. I gave my poor students a, a tour of terror. So, like, you know, basically I told them, you know, I showed them, you know, where people fell down at graduation and then, like, you know, what else? What else did I show them? I showed them where there was a ghost. And then where, what was the other one that I showed them that, that scared them? <laughs> and then made them want to run away? I showed them something else. I can't remember. But anyway, so yeah, we, we give them tours of terror. And then we also then, you know, like there's a freshers, um, you know, freshers stuff outside of our student union building. They go to that and there's loads of kind of like events around London and everything. So, yeah, 
you know, it's, it's good, it's, it's all good. And I think it was, for me, one of the nicest things was just to see so many students on campus, you know, coming back and, you know, they're, they're happy and stuff because I think obviously most of them have been sort of studying online for an, a year and a half. So yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good. Just the operational aspects are a bit of a headache, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> it's good to see you. I saw you yeah. no, last month at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern. You were, yeah, that was, that was really, really funny, man. That was so good. So, you know, yeah. That, she was, she was good. She, her her, her humour's like, I love it. It's very, it's brutal, but funny as hell, isn't she? Yeah. She's really yeah, smart she's funny. funny. Like, Diane Abbott, we yeah. talked about. We refer to her in the community as Auntie Diane. She came onto my live show at Royal Vauxhall Tavern, which you're all invited to, the next one on October 20th. Um, but Auntie okay. Diane came on and it was just so amazing to have her there and just that presence that she has so hopefully we can convince her to do black women's hour as well yeah yeah i'm sure she will i mean you, you guys are really good together and stuff i mean you, you were kind of bouncing off of each other's um humor so yeah and i think i think she'd be brilliant on black women's hour the, the good thing because she came after the day after that vote didn't not the day a couple of hours after that vote which kind of went against her so but she's still oh. on form so yeah good which vote was that? Oh God! What? Um, I think it was it the one around the tax. It was a benefit. Was it the, ben the universal credit or was it the credit? That, yeah, the latest That's tax hikes right. or something. But they were trying their best. She was like, "I don't know if I can make it." I was like, "You have to make it. Your name's on the posters, mate. You can't, <laughs> you can't have it on a poster and you don't show up." Okay, I will be yeah. finished out here. So no, she came down straight. <laughs> and she was really really cool really cool so good, yeah. um yeah so much has happened over the summer we are uh, we started online didn't we we are going to work towards doing a live black woman's hour which is what we yeah. always wanted to do but covid had stopped us and mm. um quite a lot's been going on i think it's another time of not i don't know every time we come on here it's not easy to be a black woman or woman of color um, at all. Um, recently, there's been a couple of things happened. Yesterday, R. Kelly was found guilty for, it, they called it racketeering, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Is that the American word for trafficking? So it's everything is because it's like an organized crime kind of network. So I guess it would include the trafficking over borders, the the, the bribery, the counterfeit documentation, all of it, because it's like proper organized crime kind of. I think also uh, they mentioned several girls and two teenage boys as well, I think were yeah, um, among the, the, the victims that they mentioned in charges. That got people incensed, the fact that it, he um, had raped boys because the girls wasn't... Well, when I say people, not I mean enough. Men. It's not enough. Yeah. When I say people, I mean men, by the way. Okay. Um, well, the, think, are they people? That's a question from our times. Are men people? That's what some people... Ups, because I hadn't realised they were boys until he was found guilty. I didn't follow it. I find it very triggering. I just didn't... I didn't realise there were any boys. So it wasn't... Because it was in the... Um, a federal court, they didn't televise it um, at all. But I have been following the case because, disclaimer, I was a massive R. Kelly fan. I've seen him in concerts so many I remember. Times. And so I, yeah, I got introduced to him coming up to, um, to see you guys, actually. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember. <laughs> and um, 
and so I did I was following the case and I remember thinking why can't we watch it on tv but it's because mm. you can't um they don't televise federal cases on um yeah they don't televise federal cases and so this is the first of several he's got another trial in Chicago and one other state uh, but I don't think that we're ever going to see R. Kelly outside on the streets again. Um, he's not going to be sentenced until June. Don't know why he needs to take some American justice system baffles me because I don't get it either. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think one of the issues that I've got with this, because I know I know what you're saying, Elaine, that like, you know, racketeering covers so many, so many crimes. But then if it's that many things, to me, it's downplaying, I'm sorry to say it, but it's downplaying, you know, the, the, the abuse that he did to people. Do you know what I mean? Because that makes it look like it's just one small bit of it. But the thing is, that has just messed up people's lives. Do you know what I mean? But it feels like all the other things around it, it, you know, that looks like it's just a little bit of it. Do you know what I mean? If you just frame it as racketeering, and also, why did they just not call it as it is? And also with the racketeering offence, it would also suggest that they are looking to try to get other people implicated as well, because mm. you can't have organised crime by yourself. But a no. lot of people who um, would have been involved are also clearly struck plea deals yeah um because i mean if you watched surviving r kelly that ben or if you knew about him before he can't read so when people are forging documents if you can't read i mean like who's doing the forgery of the documents well he can't read r kelly can't read he no. He can't what? no he can't mm. why because yeah. um, because he had a troubled childhood and that but he is a millionaire. Surely at some point he might have been like he is songwriter, but he can't read and write. No, he can't read and write. But how he do you get how do you you must really trust people if you can't read the shit that you're signing? I, I don't You'd even... be so shocked. Like how many when I was working at Pentonville, how many inmates can't read and write? Like you okay, prisoners. Um, the prison, yeah, they're not prisoner signing now. contract. He's a prisoner now, but what I'm saying is we'd be so shocked. Like we would have them do their applications and stuff like that, and you'd write, and they just all they know to do is mark an X. But you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked how many grown people can navigate themselves around the system without being literate. Like they fake it. They completely fake it. I mean, and also, I think there's a there's a difference because some people have like you know street smarts. They may not be academically smart, but they've got street smarts. And and he he's been doing that for years and years and years. I get I guess it. I get it. Got, yeah. <laughs> I feel like once you get to a certain stage, and you, I mean, God, Jesus, just to rent a freaking house, you need to have some base, you know. But then you got to a level where he's going to see whatever record companies he's working with and they're presenting him with stuff. Is someone reading it out to him? Or is he just like, okay. I think yeah. this, he'll trust, he'll have brothers, he'll have family members. Oh yeah, family, I forgot, family. And I guess good. that's and that's part of the issue. Cause I've just like checked to see about the racketeering, the racketeering business. And so basically it said that it's usually associated with organized crime, referring to a group of individuals that attempts to extort, coerce, or otherwise 
create some type of scheme that sees them collecting money. I'm not sure about the collecting money unless they're, but basically they've also said, in this case, they felt with the system of staff and enablers around the musician, which would also have helped him with him not being able to read, his entourage of managers and aides meant that this was a criminal enterprise. Um, obviously, and he's, I mean, he's also been done for um, bribery, kidnapping, um, forced labor. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it is really disgusting. And like, if I go back to the point that I know that for some people, I mean, even today I've seen on social media that there are still people who are, who believe and they're thankfully they're not my friends, but um, but they seriously categorically believe that R. Kelly is the victim because of the fact that he is a black man and we need to be looking at other people. But that's I, I want to make a point about that. But Aisha had, had a hand up first, and we're probably going to come back to that on another show because yeah. there's a really interesting point about black people around sexual crimes and stuff like that. But go on, Aisha. What were you going to say? I was just going to dare I make the ep comparison in terms of the people who are surrounded by who he was surrounded by who where are these people where they're now looking people are making plea deals with R. Kelly these people all we've got is Ghislaine now right and yeah. everybody else has just vanished into the ether whereas an organization of that the amount of people children being trafficked to and from his island from his New York townhouse from all these spaces they don't get there by themselves. These are poor young people. They can't drive. They certainly can't fucking charter private jets. So there's a whole catalog, a whole organization of people who kind of disappeared. And I mean, I wonder whether they're pursuing them in the way that they'll be, I assume, pursuing the people that surrounded R. Kelly. I mean, maybe they are. Well, they are. Well, they are trying to get Prince Andrew. Just say that. I mean, like. Are they who? The Americans, not us. Our police are trying to get this out. No, the Americans are. They did try. They and like they've they've served him, I think, twice now. Coco's stealing the show, man. Coco's Coco's not happy. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell him off because I might get called the RSPCSA. Yeah, RSPCA. Why are people oh, being mental right now? <laughs> he's like, he's had some white viewers. Please don't complain about the cat. No, but basically he's scratching my sofa because I can't tell him. Stop it. <laughs> sorry sorry <Elaine. laughs> no but um like i think he's been served twice now uh, with, he has with, been served yet accept service as well yeah i know from my legal woes won't go into them but it's around the same kind of subject but how these people will avoid service it's absolutely ridiculous they should have got your guy to do it out there he's wicked <laughs> in a round. no my guy who can't even say the name properly they probably go up to him and go, honestly, honestly. Princess Andrea. No, my guy, my service guy is good. He's used to it now. He knows that he's not going to get straight service. So, But Prince Andrew, I mean, wow. I don't know that anything will really come of it. He'll just lock himself in a palace somewhere, won't he? But I think... And the Queen will be barricading the door. Fuck's sake, she's still behind him, you know. Kill Megan, save Prince Andrew every time. I think, though, with the R. Kelly thing, it's what I find really interesting because I have followed it for a while. That people, obviously, and as we are the Black Women's Hour, that for years people didn't believe them. And the fact that this man was hanging around um, local takeaway restaurants and doing all kinds of things and taking girls because they were mostly 
black. Well, no, they were all black. And we are like not valued in the same way as yeah. other, yeah, other races are valued at all. I mean, uh, but I, I, I oh, obviously, sorry. I, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I don't know, because so I was going to say, like, we could go on for this for ages, but yeah. We could go on, and we're going to come back to it, actually, because obviously in my daughter's case, you have this whole thing as well, but you have, like, what I've realised, when it's the death of a black girl, people literally don't give a shit. Your tears don't matter. Black women cannot grieve, and whatever, and you just see the amount of people that take advantage of it as well. Like, yeah. so, and that's something you have to speak about, because no matter what we're saying, and I think this is where people get upset and confused about, and I'm not saying R. Kelly is innocent, he is not. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is black people's defense mechanism kicks in because we have the Emmett Tills, because we have the, uh, oh gosh, uh, Central Park Five, because we have so much evidence of black men being falsely reported. These two things get conflated. And so sometimes people's reaction, we will go into that on, we've got loads and loads coming up this season. I'm sorry, it's, your it's just your tails in there. It's so freaky. Um, but we do have to talk about that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. at what point do we say, as black people will know this is what happened versus, you know, when you can see somebody's taking advantage of the fact that you're black, because they know, you know what I mean? I saw someone tweeting the other day about R. Kelly and I'm looking at her thinking, but you know, black people, like, why are black people not believed? Like, you know they're not believed. That's why you're lying on black people. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's so, I don't know. I just think it should be every individual case. And I, I agree. I, go on, sorry, go on. No, no, I'm going to say to you, I mean, I, I do agree that it should be every individual. And I think that, you know, this is where we need to start taking a critical look at ourselves. But I think it's a, a lot of it is to do with, the fact that you know we see anything like that any sort of like you know sexual abuse or whatever it's a taboo so you don't talk about it do you know what i mean so the very fact that you don't talk about it when whenever it happens and especially someone as famous as r kelly and all this that and the other people i feel like people just don't want to admit it people don't don't they want to say oh like it doesn't happen amongst our communities that's for other people but in actual fact it does happen and it's screwing up people's lives do you know what i mean so i think exactly. you know like i think we should we should start talking about it and i think what elaine said right about black women and our bodies and stuff because it's we're just not respected we are at the bottom of the pile so you know it's to that point is to that point that if something like this happens and people these guys have just come out and spoken about how it's absolutely ruined their lives and stuff but they're still sort of like being marginalized and i think what makes it even worse for me is when you've got other black women that are still defending you know what's what's happening or even blaming the victims as well do you know what i mean but i think blaming blaming the victims is another sign of the fact that you know people just don't want to be talking about these taboos but it happens and i do think it should be like individual cases 
that are analyzed and stuff like that. So we need to, I'm sorry, but we need to take a good, long, hard look at ourselves and the way that we, you know, the way that we respond to these kind of things. Because imagine, how, like you say, imagine how many other people that this is happening to, but they feel like they can't say anything because they know that no one's going to believe them. Do you know what I mean? It's hard enough being a woman as it is, but, you know, to top it off as a black woman, you're, if, if society won't believe you and your own community won't, where, where do we go? So, I mean, yeah. Tell an anecdote quickly. Aisha, did you want to say something? It was just, I wasn't, I was going to say, I agree it's taboo. No one wants to talk about it. But I also think it isn't necessarily just that, is it? In the same way that reporting rape, people don't report it, not necessarily because it's taboo. It's not actually particularly taboo. It's more that they mm. won't be believed and they'll be dragged through the courts to then not be believed. And that mm. is potentially, that's far more uh, off-putting for yeah. me. I mean, you know, we know the numbers on rape. <laughs> you know, and yeah. how many people do you know who've reported it? You yeah, know, it yeah. isn't because it's taboo. It's not taboo. I talk about it with my friends all the time. I talk about it with men all the time. It's that you won't be believed. They won't serve a sentence, and your life will be ruined. And theirs won't. For what? And I wonder whether that is part of the reason that people don't report. As I mean, look but at the I mean, they've been saying about I mean, us for years. Upcoming in the series, we are going to speak about people who've lied about rape as well. Mm. I think that would be a great about this reason. I think it's something very valid. Um, it is. Like I said, particularly when it pertains to black men. But I think, look, I think coming from certain cultures and stuff like that, when the spotlight is on you in such a negative way so often, mm. when there is something that people believe we can keep in-house, they will try to do that. And I think that's what happens. And I'm half Dominican and there's a problem there okay when it comes to abuse and child abuse or whatever but the onus has really been put on the victims and i remember a couple of years ago there was a girl who walked down by a river in dominica at night with her brother and her brother raped her and i remember speaking to people afterwards and people going well she's an idiot isn't she and this woman really thought she was so clever and she was saying, oh, you know, um, if I was, she goes, oh, she's an idiot. She must know what she was looking for. Because Her brother. You think, yeah. She goes, you think I'm stupid. If my dad or my brother told me to walk down by the river at night, I'm not stupid enough to go. And I'm Whoa. like, oh, man. it's a fucking problem. Like, you should be able to walk down by the river with your dad and your brother. Come on. Like, so I think it just becomes something and I think like Aisha said it's such a covert subject and it's so it's so complicated it's it so complicated it is but that's what I mean when I say that it's taboo because it's like you know some you 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 might talk about it but there's an awful lot of, of people within our community that don't and then like you know when you get a situation like the girl in Dominica you know it's almost like okay well because we don't talk about it there's a very black and white way of seeing that okay well it's your fault and you're blaming the victim which I think just isn't cool do you know what I mean and then like if people if the victim is being blamed how are other people supposed to come out and say that this is what has happened to them do you, do you, do you know what I mean so you know I, I, this is what I say when I mean you know people need to start to well not to start talking but reflecting on the way that things are done but then maybe that's just too simplistic because no, you know it's gonna... I think this this season we are going to open up some of those conversations because there are mm -hmm. some black guys who are out there saying like it's the first thing that's thrown at them you know 
Like it, it is, mm -hmm. and I will point out as well, it is rare, it's very rare for people to make up rape allegations. Yeah. Very rare, but it does happen. And there is a dis disparity between certain groups of men that are accused of rape. And we'll just leave it there. And we will mm -hmm. come back. Oh, sorry. Um, can oh, I, actually, oh, sorry. I was going to ask a question. Like when they, um, it, I don't know. If, um, I don't know if I'll be equipped to have that conversation. But a question that you might ask, or if there are stats, if they break it down by ethnicity, the people doing the false accus accusations are they the people who look like us because they're the ones who don't believe us when we're saying that we're raped, or is it people who look like other people in the world who have in less? In my knowledge? experience, it's other people in the world. Okay, cool. Thank you. Just to check. It's mainly, it's, yeah. From my experience, from what I've seen, it's other. Okay. Because that's what I've yeah. seen. But we'll, we'll have to talk about it. And it's complex. People don't like to have the conversation, but we are going to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Aisha, that ties into what I was thinking about, which kind of ties into what Louise was saying, which is that part of the reason that we're protective, and it's back to our first episode when we were talking about Wiley, and, but it comes up all the time. Part of the reason that we're protective, perhaps people don't want to. Um, criticize or or admit or speak about these things is because we know that whoever it is will be punished and I'm not at all saying that just because it might shouldn't be punished be feeling, but whatever the crime or transgression is will be punished a million times harder and if it's not true it's more likely to be believed against us mm. so we have to we tread with caution because we know that you know Emmett Till bringing them back up again you know that mm. is the that is the yardstick for us in terms of false accusations of uh, uh, rape or violence. So we'd, it's not a, it's not something we take lightly. It's not that we can trust that we'll be believed. It's not that we can trust we'll be given the benefit of the doubt. So it's a, it's a horrible line to have to tread because, of course, you know who amongst us doesn't want to punish and uh, uh, expose violent. Fucking abusers, right? Yeah, I mean, we are the victims of it. If a black man is out there raping, it normally is us. You know what yeah. I mean? That get Look it. at the black serial killers and the black, black kids that died, and no one knows. Who was it? Was it something Cleaver, the one who practiced on black women first? That's right. Yes. Or yes. he, mm. I'll practice on black women because no one will give a shit, and then I'll go out and rape the white women I really want to rape, and that was just mm. like. You know what I mean? I so it's can't. hard thing, and, and to get off this, because this really wasn't what we were going to talk about at all. No, I guess... Get, sorry. Thing, no, the last thing I was going to say on this is, okay, so you have to start looking at black women who are enablers as well. Yeah. Are you, Nicki Minaj is all over the place at the moment. And God help us if I... I've missed a lot. Someone summarise quickly for me. Yeah, please. Nicki yeah. husband, Kenny Petty, uh, was accused of rape years ago. Um, I don't even know the full details myself. All I know is that he, obviously he's married to her now. The woman who was the victim has come out. Apparently Nicki Minaj had tried to set it up as a racial thing. And they said, oh, this stupid white woman, she's talking rubbish. He was just a kid, he had no money, he had no attorney. But now the woman's trying to get them both for bullying. Yeah claiming she's been intimidated by them both. And then it's not just her husband, it's also the fact, like basically Nikki has gone hard in defending men who've been accused and found guilty of sexual violence against women. First of all, her husband, 
and also her brother. So her um, her um, and it's not that it was with. Essentially, she has a type here. Um, so it's not just that they like the people that these men have assaulted, have raped, have been basically she's that the being dead because of paedophiles or whatever you feel. Her brother would be classed as a paedophile, yeah. And so was her, her, and her husband was also. He raped somebody younger than him. Yeah. He was on the way to school. And so there's also this other stuff about the fact that he they might be, he might be going to prison again for breaking the conditions of his release because they've moved to a different state. He's a sex offender. Yeah. And so it's just... Uh, yeah, I can I can feel that if you've got lots of people who are um what her whatever her fans are called, they might come for us. Uh, Barbies? Barbs, yes, the Barbs. Does this I mean the fact that, that one of them already? <laughs> you know, I mean the fact that she's defending them, I I I think, and again. I just wonder whether this is some sort, this is to do with like socialization because I don't know much about Nicki Minaj because you know, she's not my choice of music, frankly. But, you know, it makes me wonder like what sort of people that she was raised with and what she saw when she was growing up. And I think this is the case for a lot of other people that, um, you know, like that would defend these kinds of things. So like, is it almost as if like, you know, violence is is just a part of their everyday life. So then, you she's know, because- Trini, isn't she? She's Sorry? Trini. She's Trini. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't... But I think she left Trinidad at five, but she has close contacts. I mean, Caribbean culture is interesting. In fact, what I'm gonna say, she hasn't said yes yet, we're gonna bring Ronell King on this season. Mm. Um, we're going to bring Ronell King on this season, and she started a movement called Life in Legends, and it was specifically about sexual abuse in the Caribbean. And she was sexually um, harassed walking down the street, and when she went to tell the police about it, they went, "Well, what do you expect wearing leggings?" So she has this whole project, and it's Caribbean wide, called Life in Legends. I think it's called different things in different islands. Mm. I can't remember what the Jamaica one's called, but it's got a very coarse name. But it's like <laughs> you see how it comes from people like that. That's right. You just let them. Um, yeah, it's called yeah. So we we're going to explore all of that stuff as well, and we also need to look onto you know our motherland and see what feminist movements and stuff are coming up there. Because I think yeah. this season. To all our viewers, like we are going to concentrate more on the black women stuff. We did uh, some experimentation last season, didn't we? I think the ones mm. that we had the most feedback for were people were really interested in the perspective of black women on mm. all different subjects. And that brings us to today and what we're speaking about today. Um, he hasn't received Wayne Cousins, right? Who killed Sarah Everard. He hasn't got the sentence yet, has he? Right. That's tomorrow. Right. Unlike the what's the weight that R. Kelly's gonna have? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, but maybe that might the be. The system is insane. Louise, can you hear us? By the way. Yeah, yeah, I can. I can. Can yes. you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The American system is not okay. So, someone who used to work in the prison service, I don't understand the American system because you're asking for barbarism. Okay. Because part of the English system, the point is this, 
is that you are giving them, if you take away everything from somebody and you don't give them anything to look forward to, do you know what I mean? Like you are asking for an animal on your hands because they don't mm. care. You know, mm. and that's what happened with, you know, well, not really, because he did it to himself, Charlie Bronson, that's another story. But like when it came to inmates and stuff, if they know they've got a release date in mind, they'll behave accordingly. But when you've got people who are just doing life means life, forget them. They will really go for you. Mm. And I think that's been part well, of the problem. Right, because, natural, because if you're doing natural life plus 75 years, I'll kill anyone who gets in my way. Mm. Rikers is a real problem, isn't it? I was reading, I mean, that every, what is it? Everyone there hasn't even been charged. I mean, it's some kind of ludicrous, it's literally the antithesis of, of, of a legal system. Justice, you can't, yeah. Of justice. It, it, it's, it, you can't use any of the words that we associate with the penal system to describe what's happening. The penal system is so weird. It's literally, half of it is just pleading guilty just to... Yeah. And just collecting bail. Are not getting bail and because it's placed so high so that you have to, I, 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 you yeah. know what's interesting you know because i remember reading oh god um i think he was the red light because i like reading like true crime and this guy i think he was called the red light murderer or something like that and the guy got two death he got two death sentences and then like you know about another 300 and odd years in prison and then some lesser I always remember the bit saying about the lesser terms and I'm just thinking to myself even if they overturn the death penalty this guy is never coming out of prison prison in his whole ever in his lifetime he's finished do you know yeah. what I mean eventually I think eventually they found out that it wasn't actually him but it was a bit like, yeah, I mean, they, they don't mess about. They don't mess about. Like, if you've got 100 years, you know. Or do you, has anyone, oh, God, I'm forgetting, because I, I did a podcast about her. Um, oh, it's, oh, it's completely gone. Um, she's a black woman, and she got sentenced to death. And her girl, her, her wife kind of, like, you know, did a plea deal against her, and she got 100 years in prison. Lisa Coleman. And, you know, she, then, you know, like her wife got 100 years in prison, so she's definitely not coming out. But Lisa Coleman got the death penalty and they executed her. What was her crime? Oh. Right. OK, so what it was, was she um, she she maltreated her children, her children and her wife and her girlfriend's children. Yeah. And then like, what? <clears throat> That was, um, one of them died and then the other one I think like you know she was just I don't know she was just like mal really severely malnourished and you know the problem was I'm not you know you can't condone the death of, of maltreatment of children but the thing is with her I think there were several and you know this is what I said in my podcast it's called like you know when your intersectionality goes against you with her the thing was that she was poor she'd been sexually abused to buggery like when she was a kid um you know she'd been sexually abused by her cousin you know like she she was actually the the product of incest you know she didn't know who who her dad was so and also because she was gay and because she was poor she's from texas everything was going against her. I mean, and even her lawyer said the same thing, but yeah. And, and and I think there was another side of it because she didn't fit the dominant ideas of beauty. If you see what I, I you know, like to me, things, those kind of things don't matter, but you know, if she was prettier or if she was lighter or whatever, I, I'm do, not- They do, don't they? 
yeah they do they do and also like you know when you got those snapshots of people and stuff like that because she was quite dark skinned so I, I just think all these things played in together and yeah so she spent eight years on death row and then like she got executed in 2014 but um you know like her girl her girlfriend or wife or whatever she she did a plea deal against lisa and you know she got 100 years in prison that's not mean. Like, what's the point giving someone a hundred years? It's ridiculous. Yeah. It makes doesn't make him behave any better. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I think you'd have to be. You have to look at it from both sides. You have to look at you know the victim and the victim's family or whatever. If it's mm. the interesting question, tying it back to sort of um, the Wayne Cosby straight Sarah Everard thing, what would you sentence him to? He's been found guilty of murder. It's life, mm. and so life doesn't mean life. Doesn't mean life. And so, but I think okay. What do you think? Do you think he should be allowed the out on, on no, the so in think, twelve and a half years? Basically, the different crimes that he committed, you could, with the exception of murder, could all carry up to a life sentence. And so, therefore, if I was on the jury, he'd probably be how old is he? Forty something. Thirty years before he'd be considered for parole. Yeah. Minimum. And that's because not only did he murder her, he did two, he, yeah, he did two other things to her as well that are- Kidnapped her. Um, so the kidnap, the rape, the- Setting all, her body on fire? Yeah, all of those things. Those yeah, are all things that can- Lying about um, the law? And, yeah. And, and, I know that people have a big issue because he was a police officer, so therefore we've also got to do the example setting. So he needs to go away for at least 30, 35 years because he can't be he can't be kept at Her Majesty's pleasure. I don't think that he's going to ever come out of prison. And so I'm rightly so, right. Well, I agree with you, uh, um, Elaine, right? When it comes to that, okay. When I was at prison service training college. One of the things that we learned was like, if someone kills you on duty or someone kills a police officer on duty, there's a 20 year tariff, no exceptions, right? And that is because it's supposed to be a deterrent to let people know that you cannot just go around killing police and prison officers, mm. you can't do that, okay? When that uh, police officer, and I really um, don't mean to be disrespectful, I forget his name. Black uh, No, 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 no. I'll tell you that story sometime. Okay. Um, the, one, the one recently, the young guy just got married, really good looking guy. Um, he was tied to his to the back of a car. He got caught on the back of a car. Oh, yeah, I forgot what you I forgot his name. I know who right. you mean. Right. There was a petition that was going around. People asked, oh, will you help with this petition to make it mean if you kill a police officer, life should mean life. Therefore, shouldn't it work the other way around? If you're a police officer and you've, you've used your privilege as a police officer, right, to go and pretend and use COVID rules and use all your police equipment to kidnap someone, shouldn't that mean the same? Do you understand what I mean? If you're going to say prison officer, because I don't think any life is worth more than another one, right? But if you're going to say as a deterrent, police and prison officers, then we need to have to get, we need to get into this because the amount of violent police officers I know this is a really horrible stereotype. People might get upset that I say this, but the old saying is this, like, cause we were part of the, people used to go to 999 dances. So they were like uh, ambulance men, firemen, policemen, whatever. Firemen unknown. So the expression, I'm just gonna say what it is. 
policemen beat, firemen cheat. Like, it, I, I know it's horrible, it's horrible, but there is a lot of truth in it. And every there'd be so many women complaining, saying, listen, I'm married to a police officer, but who do you go to? So I think if a police officer does something like what Wayne Cousins has done and uses his status as a police officer, and I can tell you something just as an aside, police officers are horrendous. I remember like we had this- They're thick too. Huh? They're thick too. I think they always have been. Like we, we did that when we did the Rogan production shows, right? When they were saying like the police back then were just literally teddy boys who'd come in and were just, Police, police that came in were just like teddy boys and stuff like that. Like they haven't got the, the police constables haven't got the highest level of education. Have you ever heard one talk? I mean. You see, this is the thing. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I haven't really had that much trouble. This is. Me neither. I, I will always acknowledge like, cause we were talking about intersections of things, right? When it comes to police earlier, Louise was giving the example of that woman there are certain things, and I'm not going to lie, police really haven't done anything to me, but that doesn't mean, and that I've been in positions where they could have done a lot to me, but they haven't. They've actually been pretty decent with me all my life. But that doesn't mean that I don't believe and don't acknowledge other people in our community. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, what they've, because I've seen that as well. I've seen both sides of it. So I don't know. I just think... Uh, what do you guys think? I think that if I go right back to you, the first point that you made, um, what was the first point you made? First point I made was if you're but going to say their lives are worth more when no. they're on duty, if you are on duty committing crimes, surely. No. Well, I, I think it's um, regardless of whatever the crime is, the thing is that if you're there to uphold the law, then you should feel the strong arm of the law when you're found to break it whether it's theft whether it's assault or murder and all the other crimes that Wayne Cousins did um I'm also surprised because when like I know that Sorry, there are, the only reason I laughed I misheard what you said I said I also laughed because all I know the crimes that, Wayne Cousins did but I heard you say all the crimes my cousins did. No, way, way. Because Louise is their cousin, and I just don't want there to be any misunderstanding. No. Um, and I think that. Um... No. <laughs> no, you made me lose my mind. I'm trying to fall. Sorry, you were uh, saying back to the first point. No, no, well. The thing is, I'm surprised. <laughs> it's like we learn that there are quite a lot of police officers who've got like spent criminal convictions when I think that's very odd, but anyway, um, I digress. And then what else did you say? Cause you guys have now moved me into thinking about visiting Louise behind glass now. Oh. <laughs> what the hell else did I say? I don't know. She um, can't respond. can't respond, I'm, I'm too busy laughing at the thought of Would Louise. Would you be a good friend? I'm not convinced. Well, no, no, don't, don't, don't. I, I'll just, yeah, just, I mean, I'll just keep my head down, but if I have to fight, I'll fight, innit? From a social sociological point yeah. of view, you are a sociology professor, everyone who remembers her from last season. She is a great inspiration to many, many people. 
She oh, is. You, thank you. Of Adam Elliot Cooper, who we've had on here, who everyone sings your praises. Okay, so you are an established sociolo sociology professor. What do you yeah, think, from a sociolo sociological perspective? Being serious now, what do you think about long-term sentencing? Do you think it makes sense to give people these impossibly long sentences, like double life plus seventy-five? Or do you think that if we go down that road in this country, we're going, we're making a mistake because it gives people, what do you think logically that will do? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm two ways about this because I mean, I think to be honest, this is where our lovely home secretary is probably kind of heading or if not bringing the death penalty back, but that's another story for another day. I think, uh, there's a part of me that thinks life should mean life because like you know the person that killed Sarah Everard and also that killed Sabina you know it, it, there's a part of me that thinks that but then I also think and and you know I'm not being a bleeding heart here but I also think that sometimes people change so it's you know, some for some people, if you're going to give them a very, very long prison sentence, it should be also about kind of like re trying to sort of like rehabilitate them, re rehabilitating them. OK, and I think there'll be some people that you can rehabilitate easier than others. But I think, you know, that that should be part of the process, because even if you're not going to be able to get out into uh, get out into society, you're still living within a prison setting which is a form of society so I think you know if they're if they're going to be in there for that long you should be trying not just leaving them to language because this is when you know like they'll probably kill someone in prison again so I think that you know but then I think in some cases you know there are there are some people that commit mis these horrendous mistakes but you have to look at what was going on in their lives in order to do that and stuff like that and I think you know if you sometimes if someone is really sorry and they really re understand what they've done and everything then I don't think that they should be in there for the rest of their lives because yeah I can, mean, I you know, can, I in, can I say before I bring in Elaine who's shaking her head and her mm. hand is up can I just explain like as an ex-prison officer what life means it doesn't mm. necessarily mean life in prison it means life under conditions for the rest of your life so you will always have a parole officer or you will always you know for a certain amount of time you'll come out and you'll do home visits and then you'll do um you know working in the community and then but you will mm. always be supervised for life that's what it means yeah. people got used to get really upset when they're like how the hell's he got life and he's coming out it doesn't mean life in that kind of way mm. elaine no. let me just let her go but Oh, sorry. Can I just say because, like, when when you were saying it, I I kind of like understood it in the sense of the American sense. You know, what I mean, where life really does mean life. And for me, I'm I'm not I'm I don't know. Like, I'm in two minds about that. As I was saying, but anyway, yeah. Go on, Elaine. Just go. On. I feel like you're going to disagree, but anyway, go on. Okay. With regards to murder, so there's different. There are obviously different crimes. But mm -hmm. under the, it's not even a, it's not even offence. It's not even part of the Offences Against the Persons Act, 1865, if I remember correctly. But murder is murder. Murder means that you have done. You've got to have two things. You've got to have done the act of murder, 
but you've also had mm. to have the intention to murder. I am sorry. Yeah. 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 I am sorry. I don't business. Nobody can tell me anything, yeah? Because there's you can kill somebody, but you might, if you haven't got the intent, that's manslaughter. Mm. But if you have decided, like me sitting in my house, minding my own business, I have never had the intention to kill somebody and also acted upon killing that person. And mm. if I have gone out of my way to... I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm not even going to be thinking about Sarah Everard. I'm thinking about somebody I personally know who got, who was, who was murdered and during lockdown as well. Now. I'm sorry, Elaine. No, 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 no it's fine. No. It's because it's, again, we're talking about violence against women. And I, I think I've shared it with other privately before, but. Yeah. My friend was murdered by her husband. Now, it wasn't that it was in a house where you're having an argument and that you might have gone and reached for a knife in your kitchen and you stabbed them when you can say self-defense. From a time that somebody has physically gone out to the shop to go and buy petrol, causing attacks or, or saying that you want to kill somebody and then going about doing it, that's, 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 that's madness. No, it's not, not madness in the you're insane or these pleas that people come and say. It's something that I can't understand. It's not logical to me. But I don't think that if you've got that kind of intent in your heart that you really need to be out on the streets. I don't... But the law, law covers that. Though. Exactly. And they so... It, it's actus reus. Yep. And mens rea. And the mens rea, which is the mental yeah. thing. Like, did you intend to go exactly. and do that? Exactly. Then, and then there are little caveats to that, like battered woman syndrome. Exactly, exactly. Um, gosh, what's her name? Is it Sarah Turner? Yeah, Sally Turner. Because that's exactly what I was. Because that that's what I mean. That's what that's what I mean. Because like again, you know, I I I agree with you. Murder is is not right, and it's some of it is premeditated and stuff like that. And you know, I don't think premeditated because you've got actors race with the others. You've got mitigating you've got mitigating circumstances, which would mean you've got diminished responsibility. It would mean that it's manslaughter, it's not murder. Murder is very, I mean, in terms of I think most crimes, that's like it's not black, it's, it's quite to me black and black and white. And yeah, I don't, I don't in, think in this anyway. in this in this circ in these particular circumstances that we're talking about, and I'm, I mean, like we can talk about Patalunas syndrome, you can talk about other forms of self-defense that you might have. But I think when a crime is so heinous, like honestly, as I said, for me in this particular instance, and I know where my friend's husband eventually gets sentenced, that it's at least, at least 30 years. These people are in, because like otherwise you could still come out, you can still enjoy life. You might not even know. I mean, I think with, um, with um, the cousins guy, people will know. But with other people, you might not know. You can't go and have another life after you've taken away the life of somebody's daughter because, you didn't, because you're just a wicked person. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know no. if, if I'm probably, that now I'm probably sounding like. Um, I mean, I, I just think, I mean, I, I just think that, that you, I mean, it goes back. So. I think it goes back to what what Ava was saying before, though. Like you know, I mean, it, it is a case by case because that that policeman was wicked. He was wicked, and you know there are some people that are sick out there and stuff like that. Um, 
you know, yeah, there's some wicked, wicked, wicked people. But I mean, I, I just also, I don't know, again, this is just me. But I mean, I also think that sometimes people can, some people change. So I don't want to just kind of like put the whole blanket across and say that, you know, everybody's like this and everybody should, you know, should should have the same thing. But I guess that's just, that's just me. That's just, and also, I think, I, I think, you know, you probably got a different, um view of it because mind, mind you I mean you know someone very close to me has just been murdered and stuff like that but yeah I'm gonna have a very different view of it because of my child and um, you know you don't get over something like that and but as far as I'm concerned I I think it's yeah. just gonna be case by case I really do I really do I think the case that Elaine's talking about is person again who oh I can hear you though but I think the case okay good good Elaine's talking about is is different, yeah. Sorry, this is this is my Fleming Google thing. Sorry, ignore it. <laughs> this is why Femi um, Olanda called this a freaking aunties convention. Oh, I'm not that auntie. Just Femi Nylander. Sorry, Femi technology. That doesn't make this an auntie's convention just because he's young and can use things with buttons. I don't, I don't, that does not wash with this particular auntie. It's um, gonna use this, just like, just about in, um, in terms of, it's not an elephant in the room, but really we're talking often about cases that it's violence against one women and then potentially two brown women. So when we're talking about this, there are sections of society that don't, sustain this kind of violence in the same way. Right? People who are higher up the food chain, essentially. So... Well, this is the whole Sarah Everard thing, right? Because you had BB and Nicole, okay? Yeah. Around the same time. These were two black women that were murdered in a park. And the police came along, I thought it was so funny, and disrespected their... their bodies so much you know what I mean that they took photos of them and their dead bodies and whatsapp them around these are two oh, dead no, no. black women now we all know from the news and stuff like that that dead black and brown bodies are not treated with the same kind of respect mm -hmm. that dead white bodies are because we never see you'll see a monsoon in India and you'll see them go oh look at that look at the river the riverbed and they will just see like loads and loads of brown bodies piled up or they'll say look at those starving cattle even though there's a pile of dead bodies but let's send money there's a donkey sanctuary next door i'll fundraise for that shit. never mind the brown people dying in front of my face exactly it's like they are definitely not treated the same so i think when you had something like that going on and it i mean geez i've seen loads of comparisons between we're not going to compare because there's no comparison to sarah everard because she's not lucky you know, whatever happened for her, a vigil, whatever happened was post-mortem, she's already gone, you know? Yeah. So there's nothing to, to be, but I think what we need to do, and in the last like closing section of the show, how do we move forward together as women of all colors? What do we do? Because, I mean, sorry, I hate Shabina, the latest, the girl. She's South Asian, yeah. right? Is she South Asian? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
there was a very good response to what happened to her and there was a video and stuff. And I think lessons were learned after Sarah Everard. And I did try to get other uh, colored women on here, but we didn't have any luck. We put this together mm. in black time, very late. And uh, so we couldn't get other people, but um, what, because at the end of the day, who loses? We all lose. Yeah. So what do we do going forward? What do we do? Because to me, the reason why I called this like emergency black women's hour was because I'm seeing white people online go, oh my God, he falsely arrested Sarah Everett. Like that's disgusting. Next time I see a police person and they are trying to, um, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to arrest someone, I'm gonna jump in and say something. And there was a woman who saw Wayne Cousins arresting Sarah Everard and went, I didn't do anything because I thought she'd done something wrong. What do we do? Are we at a place now where we're kind of broken free from seeing police as authority figures? I'm asking a thousand questions in this little section. Okay, mm -hmm. when it came to the George Floyd thing, for the first time after George Floyd, um, we got a conviction against a policeman, Benjamin Monk, for the Dylan, Dillian Atkinson case, or Dylan Atkinson case. And I was speaking to a journalist that was there every single day. You can go back into our, into our archives and find that. And we spoke to Janet Older, who's also the sister of Christopher and stuff. And we said, do you think the tide is changing? But when I'm hearing some, when I'm seeing so many white people online going, if I see a policeman arresting someone, I'm going to film it now. I'm going to get their badge number. I'm going to do that. And I'm thinking, Listen, Christopher Holder, Charlie Culture, um, Cherry Gross. You know, mm. I'm I'm going through, and I just went to see an exhibition called War in the Babylon, put together yep. by Scott. Amazing speaking about black people and policing and then we mentioned adam elliott cooper who who is louise's protege who we had on this mm. show as well who spoke about black communities and policing i'm not trying to compare i'm not like point scoring but we we have been telling you for a long time you saw the little black boy that was brutalized the other day who had an afro comb on him autistic black boy he was stopped. We've been trying to tell you these stop and searches are violent. We've been trying to tell you for a long time, like not all police can be trusted. So rather than draw a comparison between what would you guys like to see going forward? I think that's the most constructive way we can speak about it. Um, I'll go to Aisha first. Do you want the typical Aisha take? I'm not going to say what I normally take. We have to cut out. Hold on, we're going to have to have an editor. Again. No, we're going to have to edit it. You've asked me a question. No, I'm going to say defund the police. That's not editable. I think that the structure as it stands is untenable and will only get worse. And I, I can't see. And really, a lot of the situations that the police have to intervene on, actually, if money was spent in other services, social services, education, um, poverty, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't get to the point that we're at now, but obviously that's not going to happen because we voted for Brexit, there's no food on the shelves, there's no petrol, and the Tories still have a majority of 80 seats plus 60% of the opinion polls, so I'm not going to say it, but you all know what I'm going to say, so we have to cut it, but regular viewers <laughs> will know, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I feel like anything that I say is, is window 
dressing. It's just what so white people videos and more arrests. Maybe I, I don't know if that will help until they're willing to Olive Morris it and get beaten up by the police too alongside us. Ain't gonna help. It's really disconcerting, isn't it? Because people don't know what that means. And apparently at the Labour Party conference, which is just being held and finishes today, they use defund the police as a sort of dog whistle. Of course they did. It's Labour under Keir Starmer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Elaine, what would you like to see going forward? How would you like to see women coming together of all races, all colours, all, you know, creeds? It's really funny because this just reminds me of a conversation we had earlier this month um, when we were talking about good feminism and the fact that just because you call yourself a feminist, if you are someone who doesn't look like anybody here, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily for me or Ava or Aisha or Louise or Priya or well, any woman who isn't white. And I think that we do need to respect our different, um, our different intersections. And I do think that you need to, that we do need to work together. We do need to, um, we're not saying that we hate men. I really do. I do, I do. No, 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 I, no. I, love, I love man. I need a man. I love dick, don't love men. Go on. <laughs> um, and, but I do think that like, you, you um, that we need, yeah, we do need to work together. We do need to push, push for things like, even like when it comes to police reform, the fact that I'm, I'm flabbergasted, if we're going to talk about the Wayne Cousins case in particular, how that man managed to pass the, the vetting to become a police officer. Um, those are always things, practical things that could be done. When I say little things, I'm sure that they'd ask people around him what's this person like? I, I refuse to believe that he woke up that morning and decided to do what he did. There must have been signs. There are always signs when it comes to people and their bad behaviour and the progression. So they, they, those are the little things you could do. But women, wherever you're blonde naturally, like you could be on Love Island, or if you bought it in a hair shop and sewn it into your hair, we are all women. So we should all stand together as one. Sorry. I said, what are you doing? The world. <laughs> I, what are you doing? Listen, I like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Absolutely fine. I just am not convinced by either Abba's pleas for racial harmony or yours. I am not, I'm not even trying I to- I never plead for racial harmony. <laughs> no, I didn't. Did no, I? it was just when you said, what would you like to see in terms of women coming together and- I have, No, well, I have to ask. Like, I don't think you were there for that show, but um, when I did Invisible to Invaluable with Carol and Jane, um, and they were talking about like being older women and- I mean, there was some hard conversations being had in that episode and definitely between those two women. It was like a Jamaican born, head shaved, gorgeous, amazing black woman. And some Aussie chick. Sorry, that was reductive. Um, <laughs> sorry, but this Australian white woman who was, you know, and, and the way they banded together and kept checking each other the whole time, I thought was brilliant. Do you know what I mean? What I think we're going to have to the Jamaican Like, but I mean, I think that the way that they kept having, the, and we just have to keep having the uncomfortable conversations 
I did not say racial harmony, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, and Elaine sounded a bit we are the world at the bottom there. And I was please, just I'm, no, like, please, I'm convinced. I'm a bit you first, please, white women. Please, you make the first move, and after that, I will fall in line. I'm ready to go after that. <laughs> Louise is the expert. I, I, I agree with you more, Aisha, than you think I do. I know you do. I'm teasing. I'm only teasing because when we were talking about it earlier. Just no, it's just, I have to work and the BBC haven't hired me at all. That's all right. I don't. I'm un unemployed and homeless. Please, as an expert, what, because you can see the changes and stuff that happens and movements that, what do we need to do at this point? What would you recommend we do? Bearing in mind our okay. Home Secretary is a psychopath. And if we protest, we'll get done for. That's why I've got See, back this, and this is the problem. This, I mean, this is this is the problem. So I'll tell you what doesn't work. Well, what what isn't going to work? She is trying to stifle it, um, and you know, uh, the other thing. Uh, it's funny because I was talking. I went to the vigil of um, um, Sabina last week, and we were talking to some people. And one of the things that I said was that you know these policies don't work. It feels like tipping point. You know, when you think, oh yeah, you know, there's going to be a massive change, and then you know, tipping the machine, and then two pence comes off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you think, what was the Malcolm Gladwell's book? Have you read that? Oh, you're talking about the TV show on ITV. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, it's, I don't know, but it's just, it's just that. So it feels like policies don't, I'm, I'm sorry, but they, I feel like for me, it's just like fudging the issue. I mean, there is a part of me that's thinking to myself that, yeah, I, I, that does sort of like agree, agree in that, you know, the fact that you do have to recognise people's differences. And I think it was, I, I, I think it was, might, it might have even been, I mean, I don't always agree with what Sartre says, but, you know, he kind of said that, that thing it's about recognizing difference but coming together but I also think uh, I think it was Jean-Paul Sartre okay anyway sorry I'm off on off on one of my theoretical rants again but anyway so he, he said that but I don't know I mean I just think it's gonna it's gonna take something more than that I don't you know, you know these climate. You know these climate. I'm not. I'm not. I, can you hear me? Can, yeah. can you hear me? Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I'm not. Sometimes, you know, with protests and stuff like that, it creates disruption, and it creates disruption in a way that pisses everybody off. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that. I I I just wonder whether it is now got getting to that point where like you know women have to do like what they did in the 70s where you know they were just kind of like creating the kind of disruption which brought about you know policy changes in terms of like pay in terms of equality and stuff like that but yeah, I was just asking, to... like do you think we need suffragettes do we need some proper direct action back yeah that's that's what I'm getting at that's what I'm getting lying in front of a on the tarmac at the airport do we need to do do we need to start no, doing but, stuff um, like that i, I won't mean, I wear my car i can't no I don't, I don't know if it's going to be that, but like, I mean, there are little, there are, there are, I mean, I think there are acts of resistance that, you know, that really, really need to be taken. And I think if enough people just kind of like started to do that, because as I say, that's what happened in the 60s. 
and in the seventies and stuff like that. You know, um, I don't. Did, did you made in Dagenham that that you know that kind of resistance there? You know, that brought about changes in terms of like you know the equal pay act. So I think it needs to be some sort of like collective resistance where everybody is doing it. And I think that you know, like we're at a time where you know people are getting fucked off and they're really they're really pissed off and they're getting fed up. So it's almost like you know, if everybody does it, cuts across the thing. If everybody does it, people are going to have to sit up and take notice. So I think for me, it is about people coming together, but it's also about kind of doing some kind of resistance action. And yeah, and you know, just yeah. So, um, but resistance against whom? I mean, well, I think it's resistance against, like, I'm not going to sound a bit like, you know, one of those radical feminists or whatever, but, like, um, resistance against, against, like, you know, patriarchy and all those other, all the things that go in it. There's so many, this, I mean, patriarchy is, like, it's got so many nuances, but, you know, there are some really blatant aspects of patriarchy and stuff, and I think that's what it has to you know, you have to identify the big things that you want changing and stuff like that, and then start resisting against against that and against the whole structures and against the people that propagate it. Aisha? I'm all for that. I am all for that. How could you not be? But what always happens when we do that is we do that and the big things get changed. More white women get jobs from affirmative action and boardrooms and they leave our cleaners on strike alone and send yeah. us down the river, to use a slavery-based phrase, at the first opportunity. And it just ah, it just makes it really difficult because I want unity uh, more than ever. But it's, it's like we have the same arguments over and over again because nothing changes. Because how do you get people in a position of privilege to accept that they're privileged, number one? Okay, maybe they'll accept it, but to actually advocate for change, which is kind of why the comments about videoing police officers arresting people fell, you know, feel a bit hollow. Because what are you really going to do? Are you willing to jump in and fight the police officers? To yeah. be honest, um, but Stafford was saying this, Stafford Scott, in the War in the Babylon um, uh, exhibition, which just finished this Sunday. He was saying, like, what are you guys doing? Like, when you're seeing police beat up young black kids, and why are you filming it? To, to me, yeah. honestly, I've seen some police on top of like young black kids and stuff. And there's a crowd of 30, 40, and I'm thinking, why are you not dragging him off? And do you remember the thing with the police woman go, get off him, get off him. Why did you not just pull him off? Mm. I don't get it. I think- and Actually, Occupy and the Hong Kong um, protesters, they did some really good stuff on snatching people back from the police. Like there are ways if you're organized. That's how Stonewall started. Yeah, and you know what you're doing. Like when they were arresting, and it literally was a lesbian being dragged into a car who went, Jesus Christ, help me. And they went, What the fuck are we standing here for? Why are we so mm. powerless? I think we mm. do need to have those conversations, and I am gonna move them on. And I think definitely this season two, which goes up to Christmas, um, we are gonna have conversations about it and hopefully have a live show which we'll be fundraising for but I'll let you guys know more about that mm. yeah absolutely. I think we do need to have a live show I mean we do need to have a conversation between all of us I don't know how far we'll get but we need to do something because we've got a crazy woman as the home secretary I know every episode last season we mentioned I was going to say we need to win the pretty Patel bell we need to win the Patel bell that's what we need.
So we've mentioned her, but now we've done it by name. So that's good. That's a real episode. It's not just her, is it? It's the, it's the other, that's our other auntie. Who? Auntie, she's not my auntie. I'm she's not an auntie, she's an outsider, and we do not auntie. claim her. No, I'm not talking about that one. The, the, I mean, the WhatsApp, have you not seen any WhatsApps? Need? No, we're from Ghana. She's not my auntie. Are you okay? Are you okay? Not bad enough. Bad enough. Oh, Anything. that was so funny, though. Louise was at my live show, and I was talking to Auntie Diane, and I couldn't remember the name of the black Tory. I went, but he's, um, he's, I pointed to Louise. I went, Quarteng! <laughs> yeah, that just hid. And I was, and then the, you know, the people behind me was having a right belly laugh, and I was just, and I was just like, yeah, you know, this is a curse. Is that why you're <laughs> quarting? You know, but anyway, my name is Awusu. I told you, Awusu. You ain't quarting no more. We don't need to claim everybody, you know. Not everybody. We're going to have this conversation off air. So we are back with a bang, and uh, we have another show which was. I won't even say it. it was recorded before, but Aisha did a solo show and it's a really, really important subject and that will be coming out this weekend. Okay. Um, so anybody, like we've always said, email us, tweet us, tell us what you want us to talk about. This might actually be our regular crew. Mm. I'm up for that. I'm, I'm up for it, Louise. I'm going to read some. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So thank you very much for joining us on the first episode back of season two. Look at that, the first episode back of season two. Oh no, the first episode back. You did like young person selfies, Abba. <laughs> I'm so fucking childish. Nobody's into this. I'm actually a Muslim now, but we'll talk about that another time. Okay, everyone, bye. Okay, say bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye, Coco. Bye, Coco. Bye. bye. bye.